Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org. And now a message from The Rock of Gainesville. Open your Bibles, if you will, this evening. Boy, I wanted to say this morning. I walked in this evening saying good morning to everyone until I realized I actually was saying it. It was morning. How many of you like the warm weather we had this morning? Beautiful. My bird bath was frozen. And Jesus, baby Jesus in our manger was frozen. I forgot to turn the sprinklers off. Baby Jesus, Mother Mary, Father Joseph, they had icicles on their chin. I had to ask the Lord if that was okay, and he assured me it was. Because he is Jesus, and he is the reason for the season and the sun. Tonight, I want to share just for a few minutes. I'm not going to keep you real long because we have some more great songs. Wow, we got a song that's just going to make me want to shout and run. That one, last one, did it as well. So powerful words. We started four weeks ago kind of with a, if, 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 for those of you that haven't noticed over the last four weeks, our Christmas season this year was a coastal theme. How many of you didn't know that we were doing a coastal theme? That's why all these colors, that's why I'm wearing blue and black tonight instead of red and black, besides the fact that my red and black jacket would not button because I have been enjoying the Christmas goodies since Thanksgiving. But next week, we're going to start a fast. Amen? Come on, somebody. I am ready for it. Uh, but uh, we, uh, the men of the house, the, the men in the leadership team, um, let the ladies decide, and we just said yes, ma'am, to all of them. So that's why we have this beautiful coastal theme. I think we might have missed it because this is the first Christmas winter that we've had that I would not want to be at the coast uh, right now. It is... Uh, a lot of white stuff. And uh, I don't know about you, but I'm still glad that we live in Florida. Amen? There is some crazy stuff going on just north of the border. And uh, boy, there have been several 50 and 70 car pileups. Why are people driving in this stuff? I don't know, but I need to preach, right? I need to leave that alone and just move on. But uh, it is crazy. They are, they, I looked at my sister-in-law, uh, Suzette and Kirk, who pastor in Asheville, North Carolina, today the high was four with a minus 13, and they were having services all afternoon, and I just said, Lord, thank you, Jesus. I don't know what sin they committed to have to live up there, but I'm just thankful uh, that my sin was not in there. <laughs> all right, I'm going to leave that along, mo- mo- moving right on. All right, I, I want to share, I want to actually read tonight from two different um, of the Gospels, and uh, I want to share out of the writing of Matthew, who I've come to love because of the movie Chosen, and I have a whole new uh, relationship with Matthew the writer since uh, watching The Chosen, and uh, the the cut and dry, the to the point, the, the way he wrote, so different 
uh, than Mark and John and especially Dr. Luke. And uh, you see so much of Luke's personality and his passion uh, in his writings and even in the telling of the story of Jesus uh, coming to the earth. And uh, so as Pastor Ron uh, started this series four weeks ago, uh, we were talking about four cups. Some of you understand it. Some of you will need to hear it again to get it. But uh, we talked about the cup of salvation. Pastor Jamie talked about the cup of deliverance. Pastor Hector last week taught on the cup of redemption. And the fourth cup found throughout the Old Covenant through into the New Covenant, into the Book of Romans, is the cup of praise or the cup of fulfillment, which I think is two interesting words tied together, both praise and fulfillment, and I'll touch on that in just a moment. But the cup of praise, and I was thinking in my own life, uh, the joy that I have, my wife and I, we are, we are church people. We love the house of God. We love church. Suzanne is, a, is a, a church lady, a church mama. She was a church daughter. We love the house of God. There's no place I'd rather be uh, than in the presence of God with God's people. There's just something you get in that setting you don't get in any other setting, not when you're having your personal private meditation time, your personal devotional time. There is something about gathering with the people of God. And there's something about gathering in a house and it's slammed full and people are having to stand up. There's something about when people come serious about worshiping God. And the praise or the cup of praise, I was thinking of that uh, over the last few days and I thought, you know, I love to praise Father God for all he has done for me in my life, for us. I love to give praise because he's worthy of it. Nobody else did for me. I love all y'alls, but none of you did for me what Jesus did. And the promise of what's yet to come. So if you have a hard time praising God, I hate to tell you this, but something's wrong in your understanding of eternity and the bigness of God. There's going to come a time, if Jesus tarries, that you will depart this world through the door of death, which no believer has to fear. And or you're going to be around when Jesus comes back for his bride. Either way, praise is going to be a vital part of what you'll be doing. Praise will be the expression of what's in your heart. I love to praise him for giving us Jesus as Savior and Lord. This morning earlier, I was watching some things on, uh, I was streaming some things about communion, I was streaming some things about Christ, I was streaming some things about what Jesus did as he went to the cross. And I got very emotional. Maybe it's that I'm 65, who knows? Maybe it's the battle I've been walking through, who knows? Maybe it's I've lost a lot of friends this last year. Who knows? But this I know, that when I think of Jesus and the price that he paid on that cross for me, 
for my sins. And I have to be honest with you, this afternoon when I was just meditating on this, one of the worst sins I've ever committed all of a sudden was, bam, right there. Years and years and years ago. Forgiven? Does the Lord remember? He doesn't. I started to say, Father, you know, one more time, and, and I realized I was wasting my breath because he forgave me a long time ago when I confessed that sin, acknowledged it, called it what it was, denounced it. He had already forgiven me. And I don't know about you, but that's pretty wonderful that we don't have to be burned down with the guilt and the shame of our past. How many of you besides me have a past? That would be everybody. How many of you have some failure in your past? That'd be everybody. Some sin that you don't want anybody else Matter of fact, please don't come to me after service and ask me what that sin was. <laughs> I don't even want my wife to ask me that. And I'll promise not to ask her what was your worst sin if she won't ask me. Because it's forgiven. And I am thankful. And I love to praise Jesus with a clean slate. Amen? Amen? Not because you're perfect, but because he's perfect. And because what he did on the cross was for us. I love to praise him also for the life and the purpose that he's given us to live. Hallelujah. Amen? We have a purpose. As long as we have breath and blood running through our veins, we have a life to live. That if we can grab hold of it and not allow the enemy to lie to us with all of his deceptions and commit our lives to fulfilling the very purpose in which God created us, from the youngest in this room to the oldest, you can fulfill in your lifetime. You can be like Paul and say, I've run the race. I've kept the faith. I've finished that that was set before me. Or you could be like Jesus. How many of you want to be like Jesus? Just let me see your hand. Really? Only like 10% of us? How many of you want to be like Jesus? Like, what's well, impossible? No, it's not. Because he said. But you know what he said on that cross? It is finished. What was finished? His dying? No. no. The devil was like, yes, it's finished. We won. Woohoo! They were having parties in hell until Jesus showed up, demanding the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Amen? Showed up and then showed out on Sunday as he came out of that grave. And he's at the right hand of the Father today. If that's not worthy of praise, whatever gift you're giving to anyone tomorrow morning or for you Latin people tonight, <laughs> or whatever gift you receive, it's nothing compared to what Jesus did for you. Amen? There's nothing. There's nothing anyone could give you that can compare. So fulfillment, I realized, the cup of praise, the cup of fulfillment, comes out of my praise. Doesn't come out of my regrets and doesn't come out of my wishing things were better, but it literally comes as I willingly give praise and honor to the Lord Jesus Christ because he's worthy of all praise. All of a sudden you find a life that's fulfilled, satisfied.
a purpose worth living. Matthew chapter 1, we're going to read seven verses here. Follow along. Matthew chapter 1, verse 18 through 25 says, Now the birth of Jesus Christ, Matthew's recording this, took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child from the Holy Spirit. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. You kind of wonder, don't you, when you read this, Matthew starts out by saying that Mary was betrothed to Joseph, and then he says, and her husband Joseph. Because unlike in America, engagement is marriage. They weren't living together because the son had not yet built the bride a house, a place to live. But the minute that he and the father, his father and her father, all agreed, legally, they were married. So when it talks about her being the betrothed, Joseph, and then coming back and saying her husband, because it was one and the same, there would be a celebration. And Matthew goes on to say that when he found out that she was with child, and her husband, being a just man, unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. But as he considered these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not fear to take Mary as your wife, for that which is conceived in her is from the Holy Spirit. She will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. All this took place to fulfill what the Lord had spoken by the prophet. Behold, the virgin shall conceive and bear a son, and they shall call his name Emmanuel, which means God with us. When Joseph woke from his sleep, he did as the angel of the Lord commanded him, and he took his wife, but knew her not until she had given birth to a son, and he called his name Jesus. Now, if you're following along in the Bible, go to Luke chapter 1. We're going to read a little bit different version of this same story spoken or told in a little bit of a different fashion. Luke, the physician, is speaking this. He's writing this out. And in verse 26, it says, In the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now I want to pause right there for just a moment and help you to understand something. We have read this so many times, and every Christmas you read it with your family or your kids or your grandkids. This story is so familiar, we lose so much of what really was transpiring. You see, when the angel of the Lord came to Mary, it had been 400 years since God had spoken to the children of Israel. Prophets were not prophesying, and priests were not hearing from God. There was no word, and all of a sudden, this little virgin Mary History tells us she was probably between the age of 12 and 14. Just a child. And all of a sudden, the angel of the Lord shows up and begins to speak to her. Oh, favored one, the Lord 
is with you. I don't know about you. I would have been turning around looking to see who else was in the room. I mean, you could imagine Gabriel, probably twice the size, three times, a giant of an angel hovering over this little Mary. Saying, oh, favored one. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end in 2022. There is no end to Christ's kingdom on the earth. I don't care what's going on in any part of the world. There is no end to the kingdom of our God. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be? She didn't doubt the angel. She's just wondering how it's going to happen. How will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And you know she had a revelation of that, right? The Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold... Even your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. And then right in the middle of that, Luke writes this, For nothing will be impossible with God. Three of us got that. For nothing will be impossible with God. What is God speaking into your life today? What is God stirring within you today? What what has God been saying to you that that really is causing there to be a, a war raging in your spirit because your flesh is wanting this and your spirit is going, I want all of God. There's a there's a battle taking place. Luke says, nothing is impossible with God. If God says it. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. My prayer for me, my prayer for us, is to be like Mary and say, As you have said it, Lord, so be it. I am setting myself to believe you for what you want to do in my life. We live in a wonderful time. 2022 
It's about over. 2023 is coming. We're going to start the new year with seven days of prayer and fasting and seeking God, praying over each other and praying over our families, praying over the church, praying over our nation who needs a touch from God, praying that God will move by his Holy Spirit across the nation of America and revival will sweep through this nation, believing that 2023 will be the best year that we've ever served his purposes and walked out the fulfillment of what he has for us. It is a decision that you will make or not make based on what you believe about what God is saying. I believe as long as we have life and breath, we have the opportunity to fulfill his plan for our lives. To be about the Father's business, going into the world and seeking and saving those who are lost. You know why? Because Jesus still loves those who are lost, those who are hurting, those who are bound, those who are defeated, those who are addicted, those who are liars, those who are thieves, those who are murderers. Jesus is calling the church like Mary. See, the difference between us and Mary, we have the Holy Spirit today. We have what Mary didn't have. And yet Mary obviously had something that many of us have not had as well. Personal relationship. This little girl who obviously, even though the prophets were not speaking and the priests were not declaring, no no idea what her family had taught her, there was something in her that longed for God, her Redeemer. And when the angel of the Lord came and spoke, she heard and she listened. Because the greatest thing in her life was about to take place. And can I tell you, whether you take the time tomorrow to read the story again with your children or grandchildren, Mary's story is powerful. Pregnated Mary. I was looking at our Dr. Erica while she was up here singing, praying that she would not come three months early. Matt's praying that too. <laughs> but, but, but I looked at Erica and I thought, and Mary, on a donkey, trying to get with Joseph to a place where she would give birth. Wasn't easy. Can't imagine giving birth. Joseph was not trained in midwifery. Is that how you say it? Close enough? You know what I'm talking about? He wasn't a midwife. And and nowhere in Scripture or history does it say there was anyone there to help Joseph. I don't know how old that boy was, but his little wife, who wasn't little any longer, ready to give birth with the confidence that even though it was the Son of God, this was all natural. And yet, she not only survived it, she held baby Jesus. And Christmas, for so many, it's about baby Jesus. How many of you thankful Jesus didn't stay a baby? He came. 
He cried. He ate. He pooped. He puked. He did it all. And Mary took care of him. And I love in Scripture it says that Mary hid things in her heart when she saw Jesus doing something that was out of the ordinary. There came a time when she would live out the fulfillment of that prophecy that Gabriel gave her, that even her heart would be broken, the pain that she would watch her son go through. Mary was not only there for the birth, Mary was there for the crucifixion. Wow. The pain. Did she have a full revelation? Did she fully understand what Jesus had been saying to the disciples that, that they didn't understand? Mary held on in her heart that this one that was now on a tree was not just her son, but was the son of God. Jesus is without question the reason for the season of Christmas. Let us as believers never misunderstand the depth of what that means and the beauty of what we have to offer to those who think that Christmas is a Santa Claus and a white beard and lots of gifts. Let us be the ones that share the Christ. Remember and hide in our heart the depth of who he was, what he was, what he is. Jesus, the promised one. Jesus, the child born in a barn and laid in a manger. Jesus, son of God and son of man. Jesus, who took a beating and then went to the cross to die. But he rose again for our benefit and for our salvation. Jesus, who went back to heaven and is awaiting to return for his bride, the church. That's you and I. So until he returns, let us be found faithful to take this Christmas season and celebrate the Christ, fully God and fully man. Would you bow your head and let me pray over you as Jamie and the team come back out. And as you bow your head, I want to ask you three simple little questions before I pray. Who is Jesus to you? Who is he? What does Jesus dying on the cross, what does it mean for you? And thirdly, what does it mean to you in Scripture where Jesus is waiting to come back to receive you as his bride? Those are questions that I wish you would ponder. And if Jesus is not yet Lord of your life, if he's not yet the Christ, the Son of God, your Redeemer, tonight, 
right here, right now, later on in your own home, all you have to do is surrender your heart and pray this very simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need a Savior. I surrender my life to you, and I ask you to be Lord and Savior and King. And I commit my life to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. All you have to do is pray that prayer. I encourage you to pray it. Let me pray over you and declare this straight out of Scripture. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. Thank you for listening to our podcast. For more information about our church, visit therockonline.org.